Welcome to Geordie Lass and Doc Sass. One day, a Geordie and a Canadian walk into a bar and decide to start a podcast about relationships and what a topic that is. No subjects are off limits. Get in touch today with us at geordielass.com or email info at geordielass.com and let us know what you think and what we should talk about. Welcome to the podcast. Hello. Good morning. <laughs> hello. Hello, hello. Hi. I'm feeling quite zingy today. I don't know about Ooh, you. Nice, nice. Now, were you like right. singing all day, kind of humming a tune? No, like zingy, not oh, singing. Oh, zingy. Oh, I was thinking, <laughs> yeah. I was like, I, I usually sing to my cats in the morning. So, yeah. Um, yeah so not singy though. Okay, zingy. No, zingy. Oh, zing, zing, zing. oh, okay. Like high on life kind of thing? Yeah, just, I don't know, like the sun shining, it's, um, I've had quite a productive morning already, um, yeah. I tidied nice. my kitchen last night. Oh. Always makes me feel better when I get up in the morning when oh. I come into a clean kitchen. Isn't that beautiful? I know, yeah. I know. And I don't think dudes really understand that need. I think dudes are like, oh, you can keep the dishes in the sink overnight. I'm like, yeah. nah. But doesn't it feel much better? Oh, it does. It. I think you just feel like a regular human being, like yeah. a proper grown-up when you come down and, yeah. and the kitchen's presentable. Yes, <laughs> yes. And you can just sort of get yeah. to the business of making your tea or coffee. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it's calm. You don't have to start unloading the dishwasher or doing chores. It's yeah. kind of like you just start off with a nice gentle start. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to do, especially if you're like in the evening and all you want to do is just go to bed. But just that little extra, I feel, tidying the kitchen. Yeah. Even if the rest of the place is a disaster. If the kitchen is clean, yes. <gasps> yeah, everything is great. Well, what I did was a little trick, a good tip. I set a timer for 15 minutes. Mm. said, I'm just going to do 15 minutes. Whatever gets done, gets done. Oh. Whatever's not done, I'm leaving it. Oh. And actually... 12 minutes was all it took. Oh, well, that's interesting because it feels a lot longer sometimes. Doesn't it? It feels oh. like you, you're on for hours. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, I like that timer suggestion. That sounds really cool. Yeah, it's my new, my new tip. Nice. That's what I'm working on. I hate housework, so that's the way I'm going. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I hate housework myself. I do like doing the kitchen. I love doing dishes. I'll, I like a tidy house. Mm. I just don't like tidying the house. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I want those magical fairies that seem oh, to yeah. exist in other people's houses to Ooh. come in and do mine. I know. Who are those fairies? I'm like, who has the time to like yeah. clean the bathroom floor behind the toilet? Who is yeah. doing that? Exactly. <laughs> Not me. Not me. <laughs> I really have to struggle. I do like it when the, the floor space behind the toilet is crystal clean, but it's yeah. not usually done in my house. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I hear you. Oh, it feels like a confessional. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like we're getting our dirty laundry out. <laughs> well, dirty something out. Dirty something. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, oh, how, so how are you doing? Oh, jinx uh i'm okay i'm okay um i actually well let me let me tell you my story let me tell you my story i was uh minding my own business yesterday i was out in the water on the hudson river and uh i was just having a paddle and the first part of the paddle was like high winds which i was it was fine i was gonna like i was like ah screw it this is not gonna but then i said you know what anna just you have something to learn out here just you haven't been on a wavy day let's just do it. So I did it. And it was great because actually the winds died down sort of halfway through the trip. And it was a little drizzle. But again, when the winds and the current are favorable, who cares about whether it's raining or not? It doesn't matter. 
So I was heading back on the paddle and things were actually, the wind had died down. I was having a good, good time. Um, and I saw like a police cruiser with their lights on on the shore and they seemed to be following me. And they, the two officers came out and waved at me kind of a, the, with a thumbs up sign. I was like, oh yeah, no, I'm okay. <laughs> Thought it was the end of it. And I looked behind me, which is hard to do because then if I look behind, I'll lose my balance. I looked behind and I was like, okay, there's a police cruiser, like a police boat <laughs> with their lights on charging towards me. I was like, coached myself. I said, Anna, it's not always all about you. Like, what if they're just responding to something else? So keep going. So I kept going a little while. And then there was a helicopter that appeared up ahead. <laughs> and so I look behind me, the police cruiser is now right on my tail. And I was like, oh, shit, Anna, I think this is about you. So the police cruiser, a really handsome captain of the, the police boat, was up on the bow and he's like, are you in distress? <laughs> Although he had a smile on his face because he's like, this, this is clearly a false call. Um, I was like, no, I'm totally fine. Well, he's like, we had a call that you were in distress. No. Uh-huh, yeah, yeah. And he pointed up at the helicopter like, this is for you. <laughs> and I was, and I hadn't even fallen in and so forth. <laughs> and like, it seemed that some person on the shore was like, there's a woman who is paddling in the rain, this must be a disaster. Like, she must not know what the, she's doing. <laughs> so they, Well, yeah. e either that or you need to perfect your uh, paddling style. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, my God. You know what? That is so true. Oh, shoot. It must. I, I do have to say, on, on occasion, my strokes are a little sloppy, and I think maybe that's what tipped <laughs> them off. They're like, this chick... Her stroke is so bad, there must be something terribly wrong. <laughs> oh my God, that's hilarious. Yeah, no, I do have to work on that. Because, you know, like, if anything happens in New York City, it's like, it's the trifecta, including the helicopter that's called. So like, they don't mess around. Wow. Yeah. Well, it sounds like it was a tasty rescue, though. Oh, you know, to be honest, it was so tasty. I have to say, like, I do wish that I could have, like, sat with the, with the, uh, the boat captain, because... He was just sort of perched on the bow, like, uh, oh my God, it was it was like a movie. I don't know who I'm trying to think of. You know, it was weird. It reminded me of the one of these guides in Schitt's Creek. Anyways, Schitt's Creek was a is a, Can a fabulous Canadian TV serial that kind of went big here in the U.S. So if anybody knows the bearded guy in uh, Schitt's Creek, it was kind of like that. Oh, I'll have he to go and check it out now. Ooh, I tell you, hot. You should There's... have said, I am okay, but it's it's probably best if I just come aboard the boat for a little bit, just to check. <laughs> just to check. Do you have some hot chocolate and can you warm me up? <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, totally. Well, that sounds oh. like quite an eventful paddle. It was. It was. Yeah. I mean, you're right. And the thing is, it's all about the spice of life, right? So, you know, I definitely get oh, my little spicy eye candy. That day. It was very <laughs> spicy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, it's good to know that if anything was to happen, oh. you would be safe and the rescue guys are there on hand, ready they to are come to your everything. aid if you need it. Yeah, I mean, it's fun. Yeah, you're right. Like, I can't imagine there's any room to have for anything to go wrong with that sort of response. Yeah, well, I'm glad oh. you're safe and well. I am. I am. Thank you so much. Yes. And <laughs> a little better for wear now that I've had the uh, the good man. I don't even know his name, but the good man on the bow of the police boat. Oh, Nice. Wow. Yeah. So how are you doing now that I've set the scene with uh, spicy eye candy? How's your week been? Well, I have nothing as exciting as that to report. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, my Mine's gosh. been quite, um, quite uneventful in comparison. Oh, I mean, but that is good though, right? Like, you yes, know, a little bit it of, is good. It a is. little bit yeah. of peace and quiet. Yeah. 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 I, this week was absolutely knackered. 
And I've spoken to quite a few people who've said oh. the same thing. They like just couldn't shake like this tiredness. So mm. I spent most of the week um, getting into my PJs early and just climbing into bed. Oh. But I did go for a lovely walk on Saturday and the weather was like super warm. It was about 20 degrees. Oh, that's but the really wind, warm. The wind was wild. Oh, yes. Um, so we were out on um, St. Juan's Beach, which is like further up in the island. Big, mm. long stretch of kind of barren beach. Oh. And it was like the Sahara with the wind below in the sand across the beach front so it looked amazing looked beautiful it was less pleasant to walk and I have to say (laughs) (laughs) so it certainly blew the cobwebs out oh wow 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 so so, and you felt like more energy after you were in that sandstorm (laughs) yes I did ironically oh Oh, isn't that interesting yeah but just you know working from home you don't get out as much you're not going and being active at all and not even kind of walking between appointments and things yeah you are quite just confined sedatory aren't you so yeah I think just getting out it was a good lesson actually just reminding myself to get out go for a walk get some fresh air catch up with a friend that hadn't seen for a while and yeah and get caught in a horizontal uh sandstorm (laughs) Something yeah. about that must have just, yeah, shaken the cobwebs. I think it did, yeah. Oh, isn't just what I need. that weird? And you know what they say, you know, what they say is that you're never going to feel like it. Like when you're sedentary, you're never going to feel like yeah. exerting yourself. But trust that after you do, you're going to feel really good. Yeah. It's a bit like sex when you haven't had sex for oh, a while. Don't yeah. feel like it. Don't feel like after it. After you yeah. do, oh. feel great. And then you're like, why don't we do this more often? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Well, very nice. We bring it back. Stay active. Be active. Yeah, (laughs) absolutely. That sounds wonderful. Ah, so now that you veered us onto relationship, what's going on at the relationship correspondence desk of love? Well, the desk is popping. Oh yeah. Um. So what have we got this week? Right, we've got a bit of a weird study that I came across. Oh, I'm always. You're like who? I'm always just slightly amazed at some of the things that people study. Right. Oh, yeah. So this story is no exception to that. Okay. So there's been a study about men wearing large logos are seen as less interested in relationships. Oh. Who I comes immediately up with these studies? well I mean, I'm not sure. <laughs> to be honest, like I like I immediately thought of a guy with like a big logo on a shirt or a hat, and I'm like, oh god, he's not serious. <laughs> so it's funny well, how yeah, go tell me more. Apparently this is true. So there's a correlation oh. between displays of wealth and attractiveness. Oh and um so this study looked at men who wear large who wear tops with large logos on them mm-hmm. are perceived as less interested in committed relationships oh. and are considered to be more of a cad than a dad. Oh. Do you like that? <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I actually oh. love the use of the word cad <laughs> <Yes>. because <laughs> it's not very often you hear it. <laughs> well, and I remember um, comics like, oh, yeah, that was the thing. I remember comics from like the 70s and 80s and they would use cad all the time. Yeah. It's a cad. It's like yeah. the old um, black and white movies, isn't it, as well? Oh, yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. Oh, that's yeah. very, it's very apropos. But, you know, yeah. so it's funny, like, they don't seem as interested in relationship, but I'm like, and they also don't seem interesting, like the folks with big logos. I'm like, ah, oh, not very interesting, like surface level. I don't know, maybe I have my own uh, biases here, obviously. Yeah. yeah, but it's interesting that the kind of this study that they did did really demonstrate that um, 
it showed, you know, that that view or that display of that kind of logo or that it was linked to kind of display of wealth as well, mm. that the guys were then perceived as being kind of more interested in just a casual fling, oh. not really interested in a in any sort of long-term commitment they'd mm. consider them to be somebody that was just more flirty than anything would oh. would often kind of date more than one person at a time so yeah. wasn't really kind of fully into it whereas the corresponding group that had the smaller logos were perceived as more of a safe bet more of a long-term relationship and the men were thought to be more stable and reliable and oh. more of a of the right option for kind of having children with and being loyal partners oh so mm. it really though so it it means that that gucci t-shirt like probably not the best investment yeah oh my okay and it goes to show doesn't it like how much of a filter and lens that we place on things and how i bet those people that were in, involved in that study weren't really thinking about the fact whether they would prefer a guy with a large logo <laughs> or a small yeah. logo on their t-shirt that yeah. wouldn't be something that would enter no. your brain yeah. but it goes to demonstrate how the subconscious works and how mm. All the time your brain is is processing bits of information and we take in like so many bits of information at, at any given time, don't we? Yeah. And we're only we're only actually aware of what is it, three to seven of them or something like that? Yeah. So you're filtering out all of that, but your brain is still processing it and still yeah. diagnosing it in some shape or form, isn't it? And yeah. the conclusion that your subconscious brain has come to is they're just showy, they're just flashy, they're therefore yeah. they're not gonna be a safe bet for me. Oh yes. Mm. Yes, that makes perfect sense. I suppose it has a a huge underpinning in evolution because however we present ourselves is is a means of communicating whether we have money and finances and the intention to sort of, I don't know, run the cave, I guess. Yeah. But something that I'd always like looked out for is a guy's shoes. Mm. I don't know about you, but I'm a huge person who looks at a guy's shoes. So you're a shoe person. I am because like if they mess up the shoes, I'm like, you don't know what it takes to survive in the adult world. <laughs> like <laughs> a guy's shoes. I wouldn't shoes. say mine is a shoe thing, but mine is there's a definite level of appearance that, yeah, if, you're oh, not, if you don't yeah. take some pride in your appearance, mm. then I'd, I think you'd be kind of, you'd be off my radar. Oh, yeah. See, that's the thing. Yeah. Yeah. All those subconscious impressions. Yep. School going on makes below the surface. Oh, well, that's nice. That's a that's a lot of fun insight, and I it does make me wonder, like, who applies for research grants for this sort of thing? Like, it really <laughs> does does make you wonder. Well, it definitely makes you wonder when there are far more um, worthy topics to be researching than the logo. Yeah, but I bet you, I bet you, there's some brand that's behind that. I mean, they mentioned oh. Ralph Lauren in the in the article there so maybe they've commissioned it hmm interesting and maybe they commissioned it to figure out like well what's their 2022 t-shirt polo shirt logo size yeah so that's (laughs) yeah that makes perfect sense and some Mm. interesting information along the way yeah so there you go oh thank you for that right yeah would you like a hot topic oh yes let's go (laughs) let's do it This week's hot topic is all about how not to use children as pawns in divorce. Oh, very good idea. <laughs> mm, yeah. 
Oh my gosh. Now I know this topic is something that is of real passion to you. I think this is something that you really endeavor to help clients with in terms of, you know, taking the high road. And this is like one of the most important uh, areas. Yeah, I think you do often, as human beings, sometimes we can't help ourselves to get ourselves into these sticky situations. Mm. And and I think like divorce is one of those real triggers, isn't it? So I mean, it's just such an emotional time and just such an emotive subject. Mm. And there's so much history that goes on. And, and mm. when you've got children, it adds like an extra layer of complexity. And it can often just turn us into irrational human beings. Mm. And we do things that when you look back on hindsight, you think, why did I do that? Like, yeah. why would yeah. I ever think that that was the right thing to do? Yeah. But I want to yeah. say that when you're caught in the middle of the shit storm that can happen in divorce and it doesn't in all situations mm-hmm. we have some very amicable and um conscious uncoupling and all of those <laughs> ja- jazzy new things in, in life yeah. um you know so not everybody's is follows the same pattern but a lot mm-hmm. of people which you know do get caught up in this kind of emotional turbulent time yeah. that goes on and it does cause us to do things that we wouldn't ordinarily do when yeah so if you are somebody that's affected by this or you have been affected by this you know don't try to be too hard on yourself I would Mm. say because it's perfectly understandable that we go to a place that maybe we wouldn't ordinarily because of the situation that we're in oh that's a nice place to start us off which is first Mm. of all don't be hard on yourself which is like the first way to actually get your heart and your mind starting to open is if you can allow yourself a shame-free place to explore what's actually going on for you Oh, I like it. Okay, yeah, that's a nice place to start. Yeah, and often we can feel guilty about things that have happened in the past. And mm. holding on to that guilt doesn't really serve a purpose. It doesn't help us. Oh, so yeah. there is there is a part, I think, or, or a um, process to go through to try and release some of that guilt and some of the, or you might be feeling resentment for something that's happened. Again, oh. that's an emotion that's not going to help you in the long run if you hold on to it. So that there is a process, I think, by which to try and uh, release some of those feelings. Okay, okay. And would you say that this is something that, I guess, if you're thinking about divorce and starting mm. a process or thinking about sort of initiating the process, depends on sort of where it comes from, is that you want to start diving into this earlier rather than later, hey? Yes, I think Mm. it's trying to process or work with somebody to help you process some of the things that are coming up. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, thinking about this hot topic, the reason that we use children as pawns is because there's some other shit that's going on below that. Mm -hmm. So it's not really that we want to use the children as pawns. It's Mm. that we haven't got any other mechanism to release some of the stuff that's going on for us below the surface. You know, we just talked there about the conscious and subconscious mind. Yeah. And that, you know, there's a lot of um, stories that we'll be creating about the situation that then cause us to react in this way. Mm. So my my own views on this are that when we're using children as pawns in, in a divorce, what we're actually doing is trying to gain control over the situation where we feel like we have no control. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's absolutely true. So there's something in the experience that's happening to you. Mm. That you don't like and some mm. of that will be um, based on 
things that have happened to you in the past mm-hmm. or it'll be based on fears about the future and anxiety mm-hmm. and because of that because of the way that we're feeling we look to the areas in our life where we can control and this kind of yeah. ego yeah. comes out where it's like well that you know well you're not having the children that they're not allowed to spend mm-hmm. time with you they're they're my children I'll I know what's best yeah. for them yeah. so we kind of slip into this position but a lot of that I believe is around getting control oh that makes sense absolutely well I think a lot of divorce lawyers end up being counselors um, mm. and some of them even publish or you know give advice pieces on this topic is to say mm. you know things will be a lot cheaper if you were to hire a therapist because if you're paying a lawyer to be your therapist that's those bills are going to add up really quickly oh, yes. <laughs> at a hot much higher you know hourly billing rate yeah and people spend thousands and thousands of pounds or dollars on yeah. um on tens of thousands divorced. hundreds of thousands yeah 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 and the reason that it costs that much is because there's all this other stuff that's going on in the background. The acrimony. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> there's signs up here in our neighborhood in uh, in New York City, which is like um, a divorce for $495. I mean, I think it's $395 without kids, $495 with kids, um, <laughs> and no spouse signature required, which I'm, I'm like, I don't get it. But anyways. Um, <laughs> How does that work? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> what happens if you've got 10 kids? Is it still an extra hundred dollars per kid? Or? <laughs> Maybe. Maybe so. How does it work? That's <laughs> <laughs> so true. And I assume that the legal fees actually get more crazy if there's like property involved and stuff. But I mean, it is funny that like the actual legal and filing fees for divorce run around three to four hundred, five hundred dollars. That's it. That if you can get your shit together, it can be less expensive to part amicably and yeah. so, you know, if you're not motivated by anything else, then at least financially, things really work out in your favor if you're able to, like, really address your shit before yeah. or during. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, using your children as pawns and property is a really, like, misguided and potentially destroying move. Yeah. The other thing is, it's often seen as another way to justify the fact that you're you're a better parent than they are, oh, or you're a better person yeah. than they are. Mm-hmm. Therefore, I know what's best. Therefore, yeah. I yeah. should be the one that's deciding. Yes. And I think we've talked about this before on the podcast, but often when the when the relationship breaks down and you separate and you go your separate ways, as people you change um, mm. because you're not in that same environment. Mm. So because we believe that somebody has acted mm. a certain way during the marriage doesn't mean that they're going to act a certain way post-divorce. So oh, yeah. they themselves will be going through a process just mm. the same way that you will be. Mm-hmm. And you will you will both change. You will. And, you know, maybe they didn't step up as a parent before, but yeah. actually divorce has been the kick in the arse that they needed <laughs> to suddenly think, actually, yeah. this is the most important thing. My relationship with my children is my most important thing. Mm-hmm. Therefore, that's where I'm going to put my effort. Now, yes, had they have done that and applied those <laughs> that same thought process pre-divorce. Months then earlier, yeah. Maybe wouldn't be in the position. But, you know, we can't, we can't change no, history. Exactly. We can only affect the future. So there is something in that as well, I think, not assuming that your partner's going to be a certain way, um, not assuming that you know best, Mm. which is often the place that we go to Mm -hmm. when we're in that situation. Oh, that's so true. And I've seen where parents have had to make, or one parent has had to make the really hard distinction between, is my partner, was my partner not stepping up in our relationship and not 
a person that I wanted to continue being married to? Or are they actually a dangerous parent? Like, you know, and a lot of people, when they sort through their own resentment and all their hurt and sense of rejection and all that sort of stuff, they'll often come to realize that actually they're a really good parent. Yeah. The prospect of raising a child as a single parent might actually, as you really look at it, might not be as favorable as having a two-parent arrangement, even if the your ex-partner, I don't know, has issues or and maybe those you know, led to divorce. But maybe having them around in your parent in your kid's life is actually more favorable. And that's a hard thing to really dig down to. Yeah, and it's a really valid point because what we um you know, going back to that kind of moment where you go through that period of divorce and your world's turned upside down. And um, often when we kind of, it's almost like land grab for the children, mm. like mm-hmm. I'm going to have them as much as possible. Yeah. It's because we, we want to stick with a world that we're familiar with and we want to keep mm. it as familiar as possible. Mm-hmm. What we don't realize at that point is that actually the world is changing. Yeah. The dynamics are changing. The relationship's changed. Mm-hmm. Um, we no longer have what we had before and trying to hold on to some part of it isn't necessarily going to get you the happiness that you think it's going to and then slowly over time we come to terms with the fact that yes we have separated we're no longer married it's difficult it wasn't how I thought it was going to be and then we kind of start to emerge from that as a different person we'll start to grow develop change Uh, we'll meet other people we have different interests and Mm -hmm. eventually we'll meet a new partner Mm. or will want to do things socially with friends Mm. and that's actually very difficult when you've got children (laughs) um 24 7 and not only that even in the absence of a new partner or going out and doing new things there's a certain thing about recharging your batteries and Mm. energizing Mm -hmm. and not being fully responsible for other human beings all of the time all the time oh yeah because it's hard right yeah and i say that from somebody who does co-parent and does share responsibilities for children and there are times when I am massively grateful that um, they go somewhere else for a few (laughs) nights as much as I love them dearly. Of course but eating anything other than chicken is something that you'd like to do with your life. Exactly (laughs) my kids will only eat chicken. (laughs) Yeah oh that's so true yeah I think that's a really really hard thing to sort out um is my child or my children in danger if if my ex partner has anything to do with their lives or or shared yeah. custody or is it just that i have my stuff that i need to sort of sort out to sort of see more clearly yeah and it's often the latter yeah so i, th- I think in the early stages it's really important to understand if you are using your children as pawns so mm-hmm. it's really important to take some time just to reflect and and understand what is going on yeah. and asking the question that would come up for me is Am I making this decision for the benefit of my children or for to benefit me? Oh, yeah. You might have to ask that question three times because the first answer might come up, well, of course, for my children, because this, that and the other. But yeah, that's one you're going to have to ask. Okay, dig deeper. Are you doing this for your kids or are you doing this for yourself? Yeah. Yeah. Mm. How does it feel like when the motivation is actually your own hurt and your own stuff? What do you think? might come up that might help somebody in terms of that answer that comes from within so I I think the answer from within if you're doing it for yourself what would come I think what would come up would be well I'm doing it because I don't want to be on my own oh yeah I'm doing it because 
I want to be selfish and I want to see the children all the time. Yeah. I'm doing it because I'm worried that the children will love me less if they're not here 24 seven. Oh gosh, that's a big one. Yep. I'm worried that I'll miss something like really important and depending on kind of what the ages are I'm worried that they will become disconnected from me because Mm. they're no longer in my care 24 7 I'm worried that other people will think less of me because I don't have my children all the time oh wow yes yeah so there's all kinds of things that come up and you can see they're quite deep right they're hard messages to overcome Mm -hmm. so it's understandable that we then use the children as pawns without even realizing and without thinking about it oh with those feelings underneath hell yeah it makes a lot of sense that yeah because it's so easy to cover up those feelings with i'm concerned that they're not going to eat a balanced diet i'm concerned my ex has doesn't have their shit together their house is messy they don't know how to drop the children off at the school so they won't have the bag pack yes they won't have the right clothes they'll never have the pe kit yeah won't do their homework they'll like let them just be on their phones all the time yeah and the problem is those are very societally sanctioned concerns that if you go before a judge it kind of does sound like all those excuses really sound cogent they sound like they hold water yeah but but you have to be really careful because that's the thing is like society will take those concerns seriously and then you could you can have a full-out brawl in the courtroom lasting for months or years yeah but if you dig it down deeper and realize it's like it's not the kit or the the bag for school um it's that i'm I'm scared I'm going to lose my kids and that they're not going to think about me anymore. And that um, perhaps if they go to their, my ex's place, then I'll never, you know, maybe they'll want to stay there. Maybe they want to, they won't want to come back home. That's terrifying. Yeah. But, you know, everybody that I've known that have made that custody arrangement, it just, you know, it becomes a pattern. The kids know where they're going. Uh, You know, this, these days are with, you know, this parent, those days are with that parent. And weirdly, like, you know, and maybe you can speak to this, but the kids are actually more adaptable than you think. Kids are massively adaptable. Mm. So, um, and they also don't see things the same way that we do. They don't Mm. place the same meaning and emphasis on things that we do. Mm -hmm. So for them, it's like, oh yeah, I got two houses, great. Mm. Um, You know, they get to spend one-on-one time with each parent. Mm. Like, that's a good thing. Um, They get to experience things in a different way that they maybe wouldn't before. They'll see different perspectives at different times. All of these things are, are, are positive things. And so children are massively adaptable and they also kind of get the routine, they get the rhythm. Mm. Speaking personally, my children kind of always got the rhythm and the the routine. It's slightly more challenging now that they've both hit teenage years Mm. because there seems to be less of a routine and there seems to be more choice that goes on from their perspective. Um, And again, that's a that's a whole different ballgame to then adjust to. Mm -hmm. But whilst they're kind of younger and you still control the routine and the rhythm, Mm -hmm. what you'll find is that actually things just reach a natural level mm. and things feel comfortable and um, feel out to be yeah, yeah. And, and that comes a lot quicker than you think it will so mm. I think the resistance in the beginning is is kind of energy that you could save yourself mm. um, and some heartache by kind of worrying about things or stressing about things at the end of the day there were 
there was somebody that you had a relationship with, whether married or not. You had children together mm-hmm. and you chose them as a as a partner and you thought that they were the right people to have children with. And, mm-hmm. you know, the reality is they probably still are the right people to have children mm-hmm. with. It's just that you're not going to do it together. Oh, my gosh. Man, that's like truth. <laughs> mm. Yeah, that's truth. And, and it's remembering that and, and having some respect for that, I guess. Oh, which we lose yeah. sight of in the in the early days. We lose sight of that respect for one another. Oh, yeah, so true. I suppose, too, to sort of say to still stand by your choice mm. is important because, like, I guess part of that is, you know, beating yourself up to say, oh, I made the wrong choice with who I procreated with. And that really sucks to beat yourself up. That doesn't feel yeah. good. So if you say, yeah. I still stand by that choice, there's still a good partner, just not somebody I'm going to, we're not going to be under the same roof raising the children. Yeah. Oh, that is actually really kind to yourself, hey? Mm, yeah, yeah absolutely yeah that makes perfect sense yeah oh no that sounds cool yeah I mean I, I I know that this is so hard but it doesn't have to be so hard it can actually be a lot more peaceful than you think with number one identifying that there's gonna be a lot of guilt coming up there's gonna be a lot of negative mm. emotions giving yourself a total pass if some of the less mature parts kind of start flying yeah. out at first yeah totally normal And then, but if you're able to really get conscious and start to ask yourself time after time after time is, am I doing this for me or am I doing it for my kids? Yeah. And once you get that answer, and if you can, you know, a lot of this is sort of dropping your ego and looking Mm -hmm. for the win-win. Yeah. And then you might actually get to a summit of peace quicker than you think. Yeah. And then they turn into teenagers and then shit All gets... bets are off. <laughs> and then we're screwed again. <laughs> what, what you realize at that point is you actually have zero control over anything in life. <laughs> in this and the world. the only thing you can control is whether you're going to cook chicken that night or not. <laughs> <laughs> or not. That's so funny. Well, and, and the thing is, they would have been teenagers if you and your you know ex or you and your partner had continued to be under the same roof. Yeah. It doesn't avoid them becoming shitty teenagers. <laughs> no, it doesn't. And the difference is they'd be shitty teenagers 24-7 in your house. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and they'd probably be causing an argument between you and your partner. Yes, exactly. And <laughs> Which yeah. they can still do between uh, co-parents oh, as well. Yes. But um, yeah. you have some separation to be able mm-hmm. to kind of just pause and say, okay, I'm, we're going to come back to that. This conversation oh, isn't working. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, and then that puts even in even more perspective, the better a working relationship you have with a co-parent, the more you guys can be cross-detective work of, of like... Did Jimmy say this? Yeah. Um, yeah, he did. No. Uh, and so then you can sort of call your shitty manipulative teenagers out <laughs> on yeah. their perpetual lies. <laughs> My son actually calls me a detective. <laughs> oh, really? Oh, that's wonderful. Like, yes, that's because I've got to be. <laughs> I mean, that's absolutely true. Like, cross-check the facts. <laughs> Says he's so suspicious all the time. Yes, I am. Get used to it. <laughs> get used to it you're a shitty teenager this is this is how things are going to roll until your brain becomes less than a mush box yeah Yeah. (laughs) that's so true yeah to all the parents of um, teenagers out there I salute you doing an amazing job right now just like waking up in the morning and surviving another day right that's more than enough yeah yeah and the same for anybody going through divorce right like I wholeheartedly salute you there it's a tough process but I think what we're kind of saying is 
the hard work is digging deep on yourself. But if you can dig deep into yourself and the feelings that are coming up, you'll actually make it easier for yourself in the long run. The harder road to take is the one where we avoid looking at what's going on Mm. and we just let it all play out in front of us. And that continues for Mm. longer than anybody would want it to and longer than is useful to your life. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. Mm. I think this is really important because as has been highlighted, so our episode is going to go out a week later, but we just found out last week that Melinda and Bill Gates are getting a divorce, which is like shocking, like shocking. Mm. But in the way that we think, oh my God, I think there's something really happening here, which is we are seeing and we will see a huge wave of divorce, mostly initiated by women in heterosexual couples. But um, there's a big, big wave coming. And I think that if you're listening to this and you're starting to think like this might be happening in your future, number one, you're in good company. There's a lot of people who have really rethought their lives because of this pandemic. Um, Mm -hmm. And they've decided that they want something different for themselves. And perhaps that relationship that they're in is no longer supporting where they want to be in their lives. And if there's children involved and you're freaking out thinking, oh my God, what am I going to do? You know, maybe there's this one little piece of advice, uh, you know, if you're sort of in the thought process, you know, maybe take a little bit of a a look inside and see how you're feeling about your partner, about the relationship and maybe advanced thought about how you'd move, how you'd move through and how you could take the high road in a, as you move out the details with your kids. Yeah. Very wise words. I mean, and don't be scared. Yeah. I'm not going to say we're all doing it, (laughs) but... uh, (laughs) The very richest of us are doing it, it seems. So, Well, yeah, I guess my counter to that, though, and I've been thinking about this for quite a while. So my focus is in, in coaching is all around healthy relationships mm-hmm. and building healthy relationships. Mm-hmm. And I've been thinking about this thought for a little while now while I've been doing some research for a course that I'm writing. Mm-hmm. And I think that the reason that we have such high divorce rates or such high separation rates in in relationships or relationship breakdown is because we're not equipped to have healthy relationships Mm. we're not dealing with some of the stuff that's coming up so we talk Mm. there about digging deep Mm -hmm. dealing with stuff during the divorce but actually what do we need to do before we get to that stage to dig deeper and to come together and to solve some of the issues yeah because I do genuinely believe and the the more I do the work that I do Mm. the more that I come across it and the more more evidence that I mm. get that supports that thought is that actually we're just not equipped to have healthy relationships. Mm. So true. And we just we just need more help to do that. Yeah, yeah, that's very, very true. Yeah. And to say that if you've never been down the road of trying to create a healthy relationship within your relationship, at least give it a shot. <laughs> you know, yeah. what's the worst yeah. that could happen if you if you've never done the inquiry and assume that you've never done the inquiry because this is not yeah. This is not a tool that we were, that the factory model did not have this particular tool of creating healthy relationships. So um, you might as well start it out. I'm excited for your course to come out. Yeah, me too. Um, (gasps) So I did lots of writing at the weekend and um, was really in the zone um, and I'm super excited. It's just taken way longer than I thought it would, but because it's going to be a great product. Oh, exactly. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) No, oh. there's like just so much care and attention and thought that's going into it. Nice. And I genuinely, genuinely believe with all my passion that this is going to help so many people. Oh, beautiful. Yeah. Yes. Wonderful. So yeah, I'm excited too. I'm seeing your vision. I'm kind of halfway, almost halfway through writing it. So we're, ne- <gasps> nice. we're nearly there. Nice. And when it's like starting to sort of see the light at the end of the tunnel, we got to like hype it up, get everybody excited. Definitely. 
Yeah, Wonderful. definitely. Beautiful. <laughs> All right. So, right. Well, that was a good hot topic this week. Yeah, <laughs> that was very toasty. <laughs> it was indeed. Yeah. Shall we um, skip to a question? Yes, let's do that. Great. Okay. <laughs> yeah. This week's question is, my husband is always borrowing money from me and never paying it back. Oh, oh my gosh. Oh, my oh that gosh. old chestnut. Can I just borrow a tenner for the taxi home? Oh, have you got so many? I'm just popping to the shop for milk. Yes, yes, <laughs> Do you yes. reckon it's one of those going on or do you think it's more serious? Do you think it's big, oh. big books? Oh, well, no, I mean, to be honest, like it sounds small because... Mm. It sounds small because this person doesn't know exactly what I'm gathering is they don't know the intention behind this and whether it's something that is just sort of the normal par for the course or if like, Mm. is this not right? Is this not normal? I think is the thing. So to me, it's not like, can I borrow $5,000? To me, it's like Mm. the tenor, the five, you know, uh, the 20 for the groceries. Oh, you know, yeah, it's it's little bits. It sounds like it's more of a niggle than a big yep. major um death disruption. by a thousand cuts yeah yeah mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I was listening to somebody the other day that said um I can't remember who it was now and they said um the big things in life don't bother them they're really really good at um mm. at kind of responding and reacting and jumping into that kind of recovery mode it's the paper cuts in life that make a difference and yes. I just love that saying and I kind of thought yeah. oh I think that's me I'm a paper cut yeah. person <laughs> huge Oh, I'm yeah. a huge paper cut person. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Well, you know, and I think the big thing that bothers me is that I don't want to be the last person to know about something. And with the paper cuts, it's like somebody's yeah. trying to pull the wool over my eyes. And I get yeah. really up in furious if I feel like I all of a sudden wake up one day and I feel like a real idiot, like I didn't notice a pattern until now. Ooh. And my instinct is, and I'm, I'm sharing this just because some might, I always like to sort of be su- super honest with people and my clients is like, my instinct is somebody has been trying to take advantage of me and how dare mm. they. And then I'm mad at myself that I haven't noticed the pattern. Yeah. And it's the small things that can kind of pass pretty yeah. easily. Mm. Yeah. So the very basic thing is it it sounds like that there's a disproportionate amount of money that you're spending on things. I think we can all sort of agree is that this person might want to get to a place where there's more uh, equal division of expenditure. Yeah, I think there's a certain balance, isn't there? Because, and we've talked about money on this podcast before, mm-hmm. and money is like a really emotive subject between couples. Yeah. And you see it where you have an imbalance in earnings and things like that as well. Yeah. Um, so there's all kinds of stuff that would generate around money and yeah. stories that we make up and associations and connections that we have with money and, and we mm-hmm. place certain meaning on things. Mm-hmm. And there's a certain tipping point, I often think, between if you're somebody who generally likes to give so you're a mm. giver rather than a kind of receiver of things mm-hmm. then you'll generally be the one that's going oh I'll pay I'll get this I'll do that ah. da, 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 da. but that, then then there becomes a tipping point doesn't that almost where the seesaw just kind of flips the other way and ah. then suddenly becomes annoying rather than and they're a, like hell no yes yeah and yes and I guess that that's hard for a number of reasons because one you as the giver you don't know where your tipping point is. So you yeah. suddenly flick over and you're into annoyance. Yeah. As the receiver, 
you don't know where the tipping point is and suddenly they're in an audience and oh, you can't yeah. neither party can kind of control that I guess so that's then difficult because you kind yeah. of think well you were okay paying for the coffee yesterday yeah. and now suddenly you're annoyed about it like yeah well, why didn't you say I would have paid for the coffee so you get yeah. into this kind of thing don't you so yeah. I wonder if there's anything of that in there where the other person's like well I didn't know it was an issue because yes, you haven't said that there was a problem. And it gets down to boundaries, right? Because you yeah. didn't notice that that was a boundary. But it turns out that if you get that sort of like whip back reaction, that that has a boundary that has been crossed. That's a nice yeah. little way to realize that yeah. that it's not sort of like the in- infinite infinity bank. Mm. Like yeah. you want to have a discussion with your partner because it might turn out that they're actually like paying for the rent and the car insurance and daycare. But there's something about always asking for little amounts of money, even if in the grand scheme, Ooh. everything sort of squares out to equal. Yeah. But there might be something like, um, and you even noticed that you said that too, is that you always want to have cash in your wallet at all times, just in case, right? So if somebody keeps, you know, saying, can I borrow? Can I borrow? Yeah. It's taking away your emergency fund. And that that's important. So yeah. it does seem that by this, the person asking this question, there's something about the constant little it rubs somebody the wrong way. Uh, mm. It takes away from something that's important to them. Yeah. And I think you've hit the nail on the head there because it's about understanding as a person, before you start that conversation, mm. why is this important? What is it that's going mm. on for me? Mm-hmm. So whether it's a boundary crossed, whether it's a, well, actually I had my budget for the month and you've, you you keep blowing yeah. it because £10, £20, uh, $50, you know, all adds up. Yeah. And then suddenly I'm over budget or I've or there's something else I can't spend on myself that I plan to. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's understanding kind of what is it? What's that niggle? Uh, what's mm. behind mm-hmm. that niggle? Mm-hmm. And maybe there's something even bigger behind it, right? So maybe it's a, um, well, we're not connected financially and I believe that we should be we oh. haven't got a financial plan together and I believe that we should oh, be yeah. so there yeah. could be something even bigger behind it oh I hear you well I'm always going to sort of paint out the you know what it, what are your danger signs because it's mm. important for me to sort of um paint that out um and that and I mean it comes from my personal life is that you know I saw in my parents is that one parent not to be named was <laughs> always draining the finances of the other and by that And it was an intention to keep that person small. So Mm. they would always be taking the money that they were earning and they were suppressing that person's ability to work outside the home. Mm. And they were also taking any money that they did make. So it was a, it was a manipulation. It was absolute manipulation. So I think as a product of that, and I sometimes see it with clients is like, if you think that you are being, that somebody is whittling you down and trying to keep you on the back foot if there's an overall pattern of manipulation and of control, then that is something just more serious and more ominous than just, yeah. you know, we need to sort of strike a, a a better financial plan together. So, you know, that's my little like get out clause. Mm. <laughs> I always <laughs> like to kind of plant that. But but if that sort of control isn't going on, then it, it might be sort of more on the harmless side where it's just a matter of figuring out what is why is it bothering you and to yeah. start to build communication around this yeah. because possibly your your partner doesn't know uh how freaking irritating it is for you yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> and and i would say if you don't deal with it sooner it, it will deal with itself because oh. you will end up erupting and it will just come out one day yeah. but it'll come out in a really mean way um, Messy. Yeah. where you're kind of screaming 
um, abuse at each other yeah, <laughs> because yeah. of it. And yeah. so you don't really want to get to that stage of uh, kind of the odd couple of quid going or couple mm. of dollars going. Mm-hmm. So really, it's clearly an issue. It's a niggle. It's yeah. something. Um, yeah. It's understanding what that something is, the yeah. magnitude of it. How far does it stretch? How deep does it yeah. go? And then from there, then starting the conversation. Yeah, that sounds good. Which would start with I. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I've noticed you often borrow some money and mm-hmm. it doesn't flow back. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. What's going on? <laughs> right, right. And then, because I love my values, and it may be something, and you might have dug down to realize that, you know, maybe one of your values is being very responsible with money and maybe the optics of what you see is your partner is taking your money or your money that you're often a very responsible custodian over and it might be spending that on cigarettes or spending that on whatever and and notice when your value is being crossed and and when you're not in alignment with your values because that's where the reaction happens and you may say something to along those lines like share of yourself to say you know when this happens, this is what this makes me feel, or this is, yeah. you know, a value of mine that gets, th- that's broken. And that's the reason why I, f- I notice myself feeling yeah. anger or hurt or, or, you know, hey, I feel taken advantage of, you know, this yeah. is what I'm feeling, you know, what's coming up for you. And what's really lovely, though, about that is it, it is about you, it's not about them. Absolutely. So don't get into this kind of blame cycle. Um, no, yeah. Where, and that negative dance that we create where we kind of then spend the next two or three weeks um, trying to get on the same orbit with each other. <laughs> yeah, I know that well. <laughs> Which yeah. is often harder said than done. Um, oh, God, yes. So, yeah, but that is, is really lovely because it is about me. It's about how do I feel? Yeah. I'm feeling this. It, it's mm-hmm. it's about sharing some of that with honesty and openness. Yeah, yeah, getting those feelings out of the vacuum of your own like brain, yeah. which is just yeah. such a toxic place for that to be. You've just got to empty that little Dyson herb of dirt. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Absolutely. I love the Dyson. Oh, I love the. I mean, I don't okay. even have a Dyson, but I just used it once. <laughs> and I was blown away. Literally. <laughs> I do have a Dyson. Might get out and do some cleaning. Oh, now my I'm, gosh. Now I'm in the zone. Oh, yeah. See, there you go. Once you start with the kitchen and then it's just like, um, it's like, it's like the gateway drug where the Dyson comes out and then all sorts of shenanigans pop off. Yeah. 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 Yeah, No, that's funny. And I, I think one of the the hardest thing is to have a conversation based on being vulnerable with, with how you're feeling and and Mm. your values and so forth, because the thing that you the risk is when you say it out loud, it can sometimes seem really small. And, and I would say that your partner, like you, you want to have a partner who actually receives your vulnerability mm. in a way that is supportive and you can never control how your partner is going to react. But part of that is to say, look, I'm going to share with you what's going on for me with the, the, the thing that you're doing, which I, you know, I, I'm going to assume that it's not intentional, but this is what's coming up for me. And of course you want to be able to sort of share of yourself in a way that your, your partner receives that with as much, you know, grace and yeah. support as possible. Yeah. Ideally, ideally. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So I think, yeah, I think it's, it seems like a subtle thing, but it's the paper cuts. We know that a big explosion is going to happen if it's not dealt with. Yeah. And it's all about you. It's all about your feelings and interpretations of this behavior. Yeah. And as such, when you're, when you're exploring it, you want to approach this, you're right, in a, in a way that's not blaming, in a way that says, this is what this, this is what comes up for me 
with this behavior. And I, and I just kind of noticed it. I didn't sort of realize it. And all of a sudden mm. it's sort of coming up as a, it's a thing for me now. And I wanted to share it with you first before there's a Mount Vesuvius explosion. Beautifully said. Yeah. God, I only wish <laughs> I, I could need take, to take this... this little snippet and play it around. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, in my own relationship, because I can assure you, my dude is like, I've never heard such maturity. <laughs> I was just thinking, God, it must be great being married to you. Anna. Oh, for God's sakes. It's the worst. Uh, listen, I have such brilliance and wisdom, but in my own relationship, I am a train wreck. <laughs> And I'm so proud to say it. I really, really am. Somebody, oh, we all need a coach. Said, somebody <laughs> said to me the other day, um, they said, God, it must be really hard being a relationship coach because it really shines a light on your own relationship, doesn't it? And I went, it does. Yes, it does. <laughs> <laughs> it does. It does. But, you know, uh, and I, I would say that, like, um, there's something so beautifully vulnerable about being a relationship coach and at the, in the same breath, concurrently um, confronting your own insane flaws and insane like conflict and yeah. all the shitty things that you do. I, I love the dichotomy. Yeah. Because what I take from that is none of us are an expert. We all need help. And we all do better by having a third person in the room to sort of point out our shittiness. <laughs> yeah. And we all need help with our own stuff because it's oh. impossible often to see what it is. I mean, it's true. Like, I, I mean, I probably wouldn't suture myself. Like, I'd probably go out and find <laughs> another doctor, even though I can, I do a really good job of suturing. But, you know, there's something about, like, I do need somebody else to do my own suturing. I probably wouldn't do a good job on myself. So, yeah. I'm glad to hear it. I've got a vision of you now lying on an operating table. <laughs> <laughs> with your um with your kidney half hanging out <laughs> yeah exactly trying to like stitch it in by trying myself to, trying to repair yourself yeah so you're right yeah. you can't do that no yeah, it's exactly. probably not gonna work <laughs> well and i you know it's funny i have actually so i've lived in different part well i've lived abroad where i i have trust issues so of other doctors um and so <laughs> i have tried to sort of treat myself and from time to time i have gotten sort of up shit creek and so I've had to sort of paddle back out and and then actually consult, you know, another, like a colleague. And I've heard more than once, like, you should have come sooner. Why did you try doing that yourself? So, I mean, I have been guilty of trying to fix myself, but I can't. So do you want to say doctors make the worst patients? The worst. Yeah. Like absolutely the worst. <laughs> like we're, we're horrible. We're so terrible. <laughs> We've got such trust issues and we think we're smarter than we are. <laughs> it's really bad. It's a bad combination. Yeah. I think yeah. that just goes for the whole human race though, right? We've got I mean, trust issues true. and we think that we know everything. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. Oh my gosh. You know, and I think that in relationship, it's a big, big thing. So mm. I don't know, the faster that we can realize we don't know everything and we do need help, just like you say, right? Healthy relationship. None of us were given the tools. Our factory settings did not contain those tools. So, you know, let's all reach out for help. Absolutely. Yeah. Well said. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so aside from putting a lock on your wallet or like yeah. not using cash, um, any final <laughs> advice points for this person who's diving into uh, having a conversation with their dude? I think the only other thing I'd say is you, you always have the ability to say yes or no in a situation. Oh, Yes. So, you there know, is if somebody that. says, can I borrow 20 quid? You go, oh, I'm sorry, not right now. It's not a good time oh, for me. Oh, nice. Oh, I like it. Yes. I've nice. just had an unexpected bill or yeah. I need the money that I've got because I've set my budget out really clearly and I'm kind of managing it tightly this month. There's lots of ways to say no. Yeah. 
go and ask your parents. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's the thing. So I'm experimenting with the thought of not needing an excuse, where no is a complete sentence. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And I think that's more and more like as I'm coaching folks is like the more explanation that that you feel compelled to give, Mm. the weaker your stance, the you can feel your breath literally sort of just sort of being wasted out into into space, like the more breath and air that you expend in trying to explain your position or your boundary, the weaker and weaker you become. So just know. I do kind of get that. I guess what I would say, though, is in a relationship, then to kind of help that relationship, you might need to add something, I think, in that oh, situation. Yes. Because it sounds oh, quite blunt yes. if your partner just right. says, you know, I said to you, um, oh, Anna, can I borrow 10 quid? And you just go, yeah. no. <laughs> End Fair off. Enough. Like, that's going to feel like, that's going to feel quite blunt to a partner, yeah. I think. Yeah, so you might true. need to to soften it a little bit with some explanation okay fair enough fair enough and that explanation might be like no because I just like money in my wallet (laughs) yeah and that's okay I hear you I hear what you're saying yeah but I get what you're saying because the premise of what you're saying is we often follow something up when we feel like we're given a message that we don't want to give we often over talk um as a result because we're trying to justify and we're trying to kind of defend the position and I get what you're saying we don't need to defend our own position if we don't want to do something if it's if it is a no it's a no so I do completely get the premise and I understand it and um, support that right I think there might just need to be a little bit of a a softening yeah okay just a little blanket around it I gotcha. A wee bit, a wee bit. Just, just yeah. some cosy, fluffy socks to go with that. <laughs> the, the cosy, fluffy, yeah. softening or, socks. you know, it might yeah. just be, I love you dearly, but I'm sorry it's a no. <laughs> yeah, there you go. I love that. Oh, beautiful, beautiful. Yeah. So it's not a matter of waiting to institute a boundary until you get a reason that is good enough, that you don't have to wait for a, a good enough reason in the eyes of others. You can hold your position. I love the fluffy socks. Yeah. And the fluffy socks don't require you having to over-explain. I love yeah. it. I can work yeah. with that. Yeah. We've reached, we've reached a happy middle. It's fine. Yeah, I like that. The I podcast like that. can come back again next week. I know. <laughs> We're I in keeps... danger there for a moment. I love it. I love it. Listen, and, and the more the dukes come out, I think the more our conversation gets rich. I'm like, oh, yeah. Oh, I love Sarah, it. Sarah, let's go to the what are, the boxing ring. Let's go to the box. Yeah, go to the mat. death match. Yeah. Yeah. We were going to have that. I know. We've not quite found the right topic, although we did come close on yeah. one of them. can't remember We did. Oh, I can't remember. Yeah, yeah but I welcome conflict. Me too. Yes, Get let's on. go. Sweet. That <laughs> let's sounds awesome. fight better. Let's fight. Yeah, yeah. That was my favorite line in the podcast ever. Oh, Tell yeah. us how to fight better. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so true right look we're doing what we always do we just carry on talking at the end I of the know, podcast I, I think we I need to it. stop this oh uh, we just like each other too much that's the problem <laughs> right I know but the listeners are thinking come on I've got to get on with it I gotta like do my dishes and clean yeah. my kitchen and get my go Dyson get out done. <laughs> all right I've got to go and stop my dude from borrowing all <gasps> his money from me oh yeah <laughs> Yeah, every minute that we go on, somebody's dude is like sneaking into somebody's wallet. Exactly, right, we need to end it now. (laughs) Yeah, a public service imperative that we get the hell off this podcast. Yes, right, stop talking. (laughs) All right, you do first. (laughs) Okay, it's like when you were younger and you go, no, you hang up. No, no, you you. hang up. (laughs) Right, I'm doing it, I'm pulling the plug. Okay, it's been fantastic. I've loved every minute and till next week. Till next week, bye. So that's it for another week of Geordie Lass and Doc Sass. 
We hope you've enjoyed listening as much as we've enjoyed chatting. Get in touch and share your questions for relationship remedies and any hot topics you want us to cover. If you need help navigating all things relationships, Anna and Sarah are available for one-on-one coaching support. Email info at geordielass.com. Please remember to like, share, subscribe if you've enjoyed listening. And if you've not, how on earth have you made it this far? I promise we'll try harder next time.